Dalton takes a shotgun snap. Quick throw. Nice. Caught by it Green. Is. It, it is a yeah. touchdown. Adriel Jeremiah Green. You don't live in Cleveland. Hello and welcome to our third Mini Natter. Yes, it's a sort of slightly shorter, truncated episodes. Taking, well, it's Sunday morning, it's half past nine. Uh, we're going to be taking another look at the night before because uh, yesterday on the Saturday we had uh, round, th- uh, what was it? Ra- what were we doing yesterday? It was round, okay, see, I've lost it. What, 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 what rounds were yesterday? Nathan. What a start to this podcast. <laughs> I know. It just, just, <laughs> just tells you how frazzled I am. It couldn't stoop any lower. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, around... Three to seven, my son. That's it, yeah. See, you can't tell I'm frazzled by the whole thing, can you, at all? And that was, of course, uh, my name's Paul Hirons, and that was Nathan Palmer. And also joining us today is Liam Corlett, who, um, who was part of our British Bengals fans draft panel a few weeks back, uh, hopefully you listened to that. Good morning, Liam. Good morning, Paul. Well, both of you, really. I'm, I'm being a bit rude. Sorry, Nate. <laughs> no worries, my son. Good to have you on. Um, how are you feeling this morning, uh, Liam? This is obviously you put a lot of time and uh, pay a lot of attention to drafts and grading people, and now it's all over. How are you feeling? Really positive. I've loved the option for the Bengals this year. I think they've, they've done a cracking job. There's a lot to look forward to next year if, of course, we get a season to watch next year. Well, yes, but exactly. Let's, let's I'm not really go They've the, the drafted really well. Really, really happy. Okay, so let's go through it quickly. Um, I've had my toast, so I'm not going to have a mouthful of uh, uh, toast. Uh, I. It's weird, isn't it? Because like the last, like Friday and Saturday nights were kind of no, sorry, Thursday. See, I've lost it. I don't even know what time it is. Thursday and Friday nights were kind of three, four a.m. jobs, and last night was a was a very civilized eleven o'clock job. So I'm feeling, even though my speech and uh, brain probably belies the fact, I'm feeling a bit fresher this morning. Mate, um, I'm feeling absolutely rough as old boots today. I was up <laughs> playing poker late last night. I've probably slept about a total of about seven or eight hours over the last three days. Um, and I just realised I said it was picks three to seven. It was four to seven. So um, bear with me this morning, lads. What a start to this podcast. Yeah. What a start. <laughs> if you're tuning in for the first time, you'd be like, this is shocking, isn't it? You'd be like, who are these two? Who are these absolute amateurs that are <laughs> representing the British Bengals fan base this morning? Uh, okay, yes, rounds four to seven. And as ever, it was a, a procession, an absolute conveyor belt of picks uh, throughout the day. And, um, yeah, it was kind of, it was a long old slog, but we got there in the end and uh, the Bengals uh, were, there were, again, no trades at all. It, they just decided to stay pat, butcher, and kind of just sit there at the top of each round and take what they deemed to be the best player available. So uh, we already had, of course, uh, someone called Joe Burrow in round one, almost forgotten about him. Uh, T Higgins in round two. Uh, Logan Wilson um, in round three. Are you sure it was? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. No, hold. Yes, yeah, Logan, it was, yeah. Logan Wilson, the linebacker in round three. And then the fun began with round four, and we double dipped with Akeem Davis Gaither, the linebacker from Appalachian State. 
that made a lot of people happy. Liam, did it make you happy? Yeah, I, I mean, shoring up that linebacker room with two really good picks there, with 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 Wilson and Akeem Davis Davis Gaither. I mean, Gaither's so athletic; he's he's an absolute freak. Um, he's recovering from a stress fracture. What I think he picked it up at the Senior Bowl. Right. So we'll see if he's ready to go straight away. But I think he's the perfect player to sort of sit behind Josh Bynes, who's on a one-year contract learn from him and um, I think he's, he's going to make a big impact on special teams right away and you can work him into some sub packages because mm. he's such a good blitzer Yeah. Um, so a, a real, really exciting player loads of upside I mean they've, they've nailed it they've turned what was a p- position of weakness for years yeah. into a real strength yeah. I'm really happy with that pick and uh, Liam, I think, is trying to uh, trying to be our Bengals UK very own Bill Belichick there with a the dog in the background. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, as, oh, no, no, more dog the better, I think. Nathan, what did you think of uh, Akeem Davis-Gaither? Yeah, great pick. I mean, he's one of those guys, I know Sam Angel was a big fan of his, and there was a lot of people that were posting about him being a potentially good fit um, in the sort of mid to late rounds on Twitter and there was a lot of buzz around it and often when you hear those names sort of floated around they never materialise when the draft actually kicks in but for this to actually happen um, it's great and I think you know exactly as Liam said linebacker has been a position of need for a long time and to go and get three players um, all athletic to really upgrade the position uh, and really you know what put some competition and you know really sort of, um, you know, breed a bit of competitiveness on the roster for spots is going to be interesting. So I, I certainly think, you know, one of those positions we need in uh, the draft was linebacker um, and we've got to address that 100%. So it's a win for me with that. Yeah, absolutely. I like Gaither. I mean, he's flexible positionally, I think. I think, that, like you said, Liam, they're going to use him in all sorts of different ways. Uh, he can blitz, he can cover, he's very athletic. He's going to be amazing on special teams. I think I think Darren Simmons will be, uh, you know, really, really rubbing his hands at this uh, this selection. Uh, so, yeah, thumbs up from me. Uh, it's one of the ones that a lot of Bengals fans had kind of pigeonholed. And, again, another senior bowl guy. They worked with him, at the, or at least uh, worked, you know, they were there at the senior bowl with while he was playing. Um uh, so yeah, the first four picks, uh, double dipped at linebacker, and then we went uh, round five. The this was the surprising pick to many, I think. Um, I think a lot of people were hoping um, uh, a, uh, an offensive lineman would be selected in round five. I was certainly expecting uh, an offensive lineman around this area, uh, but they went uh, defense again, and they picked uh, defensive end. Uh, Khalid Kareem from Notre Dame or Notre Dame. How do you, how are you pronouncing that, Nathan? Uh, Notre Dame. Okay, Notre Dame. Uh, Khalid Kareem, and um, it that that this was the pick that really divided people. I think, um, Nathan, what was your take on that selection? Yeah, it's an unusual one, and like you said, I think the the fact that they hadn't gone offensive line earlier. Um, was a slight concern there, I suppose. But I think, you know, he, like you said, he's the one pick I think that sort of, um, you know, a few people were scratching their heads about. But a lot of people come out and said he's a good player, good technique. Um, you know, he's well coached and he's, he's got a lot of, um, quite a lot of power and stuff. So I, I think, you know, 
guys on the on the trenches and on the interior line are always, you know, useful picks and it's going to be interesting to see him. I mean, on CBS, on their draft grades for him, they've given him an A- minus and said he was good value there. So, you know, you just got to wait and see with these guys in the later rounds. But it's really the sort of area of the draft where you've got to win. You know, it's easy to draft those guys in the first round, but when it gets down to sort of rounds five, six, and seven, they're, they're always where you need to really hit on some of these um, gambles. So fingers crossed on him. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and you know, anything from sort of rounds four, five onwards, they are gambles. They are kind of swings for the fences, really. You're kind of banking on upside. You're banking on raw talent. You're You're seeing something in there. They're unpolished. Um, but I, I think a lot of people were kind of like, "Who's, who's Khalid Kareem?" Uh, Liam, were you were you one of those people that said that? Yeah, I mean, uh, when you messaged last night to ask if I'll pop on, I I panicked because I I didn't know who he was, <laughs> so I've had to cram cram as much video in as I could this morning with my coffee and try and get some notes down. Um, but I mean, it's late rounds. There are going to be guys who you're not expecting, and these these teams haven't massive scouting departments of guys going through all these players they know more than us and I mean we only had three defensive ends on our roster mm. so it was a, it was a position of need yeah um, and you look I mean he looks like a sold enough player um, I mean the tape the tape I watched he showed some flashes I think he lacks lacks like get off he's, he's not not got the best burst in him um, but he's going to be more of a depth piece yeah um, He's currently recovering from a torn labrum as well. He, right. he had a torn labrum at the combine. Um, so see when he's ready to go. But, I mean, sol- solid pick for me. Yeah, the more I read about him, the more it says that he's a very strong dude. He's really good at setting the edges, and that's what came through from when Lou Anarumo spoke about him. You know, they're, they're obviously targeting stopping the run, and uh, Khalid Kareem, uh, I think, is, is more known for a a run stopper up front really so we could be uh, in line for another sort of Michael Johnson style player you know what I mean that kind of not an elite pass rusher but a really tough solid player in in the trenches there yeah and they're, they're the sort of players that you need as a team like you, you don't you don't have a team built up of superstars but you need solid players who are going to going to do the dirty work they might not get all the flashy sacks but these guys put in the work and hitting the trenches and like if if he turns into Michael John, Johnson we've got a, well we've got a massive steal there haven't we yeah absolutely uh and still the clamor for offensive line was happening um i i expected this uh i didn't expect them to draft early in uh, for offensive line um i thought they would take someone or two down at the bottom in the mid rounds and so it proved um i just think that they were very set on what they had they saw improvement from that offensive line um last year they added to it with Xavier Suofilo again a bit of an unknown and a bit up and down as a player in his career but um were you surprised i mean they did take an offensive lineman at Haki, with Hakim Adenji uh, from Kansas, the tackle stroke. I mean, he, there's flexibility there. He can play, I think, where he can play. Uh, but I saw you you chirping away on Twitter, Nathan, about the lack of offensive line options. What what were your thoughts uh, as the rounds ticked by? 
Yeah, I think it's going to be. The, the, I think the Bengals have gambled because you got to remember we lost Cordy Glenn um, this off season as well. And I think when you know people were talking about the offensive line improving last year um, towards the back end of the season, he was a big part of that as well. Um, it is a gamble. You've got some guys in there like Fred Johnson, um, Michael Jordan, people like that that are young players that have flashed a little bit that you're really, really banking on improving. I don't think you can say to Hakeem Adenji to come in sixth round pick and, you know, he'll compete. He'll, you know, probably um, be a backup next season. We're not expecting him to come in and, you know, be anchoring that line for Joe Burrow. But I think the Bengals are taking a big gamble. I think, you know, they obviously know better than us. They know what they've got on the roster. They've seen um, the performances over the last year and they're going to see how that pans out. But it, it really concerns me, to be honest. I think you're banking on Jonah Williams taking a big step. You're banking on Michael Jordan taking a very big step. I think at times last year, he looked well out of his depth. Um, he did improve towards the end of the season. Obviously, he's a rookie and he was a later round pick. So you're not expecting you know immediate fireworks. But... There's a, there's a few big question marks there. Xavier Suofilo is a new player coming in to replace John Miller. Um, you know, possibly a slight upgrade. We're not really too sure there. Um, and I think, yeah, I just, I, I worry. I worry. I mean, Bobby Hart's never been the best right tackle. We all know that. Um, I just think if there was any injuries on that line, you know, if Jonah Williams got hurt, even if Bobby Hart got hurt, I think you'd be really struggling going through a long season um, with the depth we've got at the moment. So I think on the roster, that's my only position uh, that really does concern me at the moment. And unless the Bengals, you know, have got anything in the works in terms of trades or any, you know, free agent pickups, I think that might be the one area that could be our Achilles heel next season. Um, you see, I, I, I just, I was, I don't disagree, but I do think that. Uh... You know, everything's a gamble. You know, half of these players might not come off next year. Do you know what I mean? Um, and yes, projecting the likes of Michael Jordan and Fred Johnson, especially because with Fred, it's just such a small sample size. He was outstanding in three games. But, you know, how is that going to extrapolate to through a whole season? You know, um, yeah. uh, but they were better. They were mu- in the last six games. They were much, much better. That change of scheme really helped um we've got also got isaiah prince as well i don't think we'll be dipping back into the andre smiths and the the uh, the john jerry's of this uh of this world um i think depth is better uh but it's all about quality so i mean what do you think Liam? you you were really high on josh jones like a lot of uh people and watching his slide there you kind of thought well maybe the Bengals will pick him up in like round four or five um and that would represent outstanding value but they didn't go there what i mean what do you think about the offensive line i think the team feel way better about it than we as fans do um they've got the guys they've, they've got them settled i suppose that it's, it's a big thing for offensive line coach to have a settled room and maybe that's what they were looking for they're just looking to add depth and see see if these guys can develop um, it's still a young, a young room. I mean, we'll see what what Jonah turns into. It was a first round pick, so you've got to hope hope he's going to turn into what you drafted him to be. Um, as far as Akeem Adenji, I I think he was a solid enough pick. Um, he was a sixth rounder at the end of the day. He doesn't pull up any trees for me, but 
He, he just adds depth. I think he's, he's definitely a guard at the next level. I'm not sure if he'll, he's got the athleticism to play tackle. Yeah. Um, especially against like these big freaks who just populate the NFL. <laughs> there are some monstrous defensive ends. Um, I'd just like to see a little bit more power from him when, when, when he gets his hands on someone. He doesn't always drive them back. Hmm. Um, but a solid pick in the sixth round adds depth to an all right offensive line room I suppose <laughs> well, all, all that kills me is there were guys sat in the fifth round who I had above him like there was a um, Ben Bredesen who was a guard yes, yeah. I really liked the state I'd a lot, maybe I'd like to have seen him but the teams have massive scouting departments and these boys know more than me so I'm not, I shouldn't second guess them well, the NFL.com's Chad Reuter said uh, Adenergy has a chance to start at guard or tackle very soon. So, but I think I think you're right. I mean, I think it's a it's a depth piece, uh, and it's it does ensure that we don't, as I said earlier, we don't have to go back and pluck up, uh, you know, a 60 year old retired player like we did with uh, John Jerry last season and uh, Andre Smith. I think this is all about not having to go back to that scenario. You know. Um, it's interesting, and I know a lot of fans out there will. I mean, what, Liam, what did you, what did you, what did you kind of countenance the the drop for Josh Jones with? How how did you see that? I don't know. I never saw it happening. I thought we'd be lucky to get him in the second, yeah. and he he just kept falling. And the teams must have seen something that I hadn't. Maybe they weren't impressed with. Know, with his strength of schedule maybe maybe he was, wasn't getting tested as much mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure well we don't know do, as you said you know uh, scouts do their work and talk to people and there might have been an injury worry or a medical thing or a, a personality thing a character issue I don't know uh, I think it was the Cardinals that picked him up in the end uh, uh, but then it came to round seven and we triple dipped you ever triple dipped before Nathan? <laughs> Not that I'll be talking about it on this podcast. Well, there you go. Uh, Purdue, they went to Purdue to pick up the linebacker, Marcus Bailey. Again, a bit of a surprise, but when you get to the seventh round, you are really swinging. And I've read a lot of good things about Marcus Bailey. A lot of people saying that he had a second round grade, uh, but tore his ACL and he's dropped down the boards. He's had two, I think, uh, ACLs, but he came across really impressively in his press conference yesterday. And a lot of people really love that pick. Uh, again, Chad Reuter said Bailey would have been a top 100 pick if not for his history of knee injuries. So, again, a bit like Rodney Anderson last year, we're taking a chance on raw talent. Uh, he's obviously a talented player when he's on, on the field, uh, but injuries have set him back. So, uh, I, I was quite pleased with that pick. You know, I'm, I'm, I was fine with it. I, I'm actually quite excited by Marcus Bailey. Uh, Nathan, how did you see? Marcus Bailey's selection down there yeah again crazy for them to go you know very rare that you see a team draft three players um, from the same team and I, I think from the same team from the same position which is interesting um, I think you know what one thing I've got to say is it's going to be a really really interesting training camp adding three players to one position group and seeing how they go again I think he's another athletic guy and I think that it's always, you know, when you get to the seventh round, I'd always rather take a punt on someone that potentially projects better 
um, you know, than their actual sort of position would tell you. And if it's something like an injury concern, in the seventh round, you can afford to take a gamble on something like that. And if it comes off and he has got second round ability, then fantastic. And you, Liam, were you, were you okay with that selection? Yeah, it, it was a different sort of pick to the, the previous two. It was more of a roll of the dice, wasn't it, with the injuries? Mm. But I mean, if you watch his tape when he's healthy, it's so much fun. Really fast, twitchy, quick to read, and he hits hits really hard, which is everything you want to see from a linebacker. I mean, for a seventh round of your last pick, roll the dice. Why not? Yeah. I mean, if it comes off, you've got to steal. Absolutely. And then, and then it was like the come down. I mean, it was just kind of all that flurry of activity throughout the day, and uh, and then that was it, uh, all over. Uh, and now we've got some the undrafted free agents. Uh, scramble and there's already uh, I think we've got about how many got we've got seven so far unconfirmed I believe Kendall Futrell uh, a, a, a kind of an edge rusher Josh Nipfel an offensive lineman Scotty Washington a wide receiver Devoir Wally uh, a running back Isaiah uh, Swan a cornerback Clay Cordasco an offensive lineman and Marcel Spears a a linebacker so the fun and games with undrafted free agents has begun. Um, I mean, final thoughts, Nathan. Uh, do you think we've had a good draft? I mean, again, you have to kind of judge it as a whole, not necessarily round by round, and how these guys are going to fit in. Um, how, how have you? How do you see it? Are you happy with this class? I think overall, it's probably the most impactful draft the Bengals have had in the last 10, 15 years. I think you know it really going up, going back as far as the AJ Green, Andy Dalton draft certainly I mean you've got the future of your franchise in Joe Burrow and we're going to live and die by how he performs over the next um, you know next couple of years so I think first and foremost that is the most exciting thing even if every single guy on that roster um, on that draft you know from rounds two to seven doesn't pan out if Joe Burrow does you we're going to be a good team for the next you know however many years so I think that first and foremost is the big thing here the Bengals you know, held firm, didn't resist the offers of Miami or whoever else, and have taken a, uh, the future of their franchise there. So that's massive. I think the T. Higgins pick is great. I think, you know, he seems like... I think that throughout the whole draft, they've gone for high-character guys. I think being able to scout the senior bowl has been a big advantage this year with the lack of, um, you know, face time that a lot of teams have had with the prospects. I think about three or four of the Bengals guys... Um, that they've taken were at the senior bowl. I know Hakima Denji was, Davis Gaither was, I think Logan Wilson was as well. So I think that's given them a big advantage to, you know, have like proper time with these players and see them at work and coach them up and stuff. So I think that's going to be um, a real positive uh, at the moment. I think overall, I'd give it probably somewhere between a sort of B plus, A minus area. I think if we could have got. Um, a tackle with that um, third round pick, maybe a Josh Jones. I'd be looking at sort of a really solid A. Um, that's my only concern is the lack of um, addressing the offensive line until the sixth round. But overall, you know, the linebacker position was a big, big uh, weakness last year. They've addressed that, you know, in a big way. Um, Higgins, I love his character. The fact he's a Bengals fan for some reason really excites me. You sort of feel like he might just give that bit extra effort and he idolizes AJ Green so what a player to learn from that's always a good thing um, and I think yeah they've drafted some really like high character guys I was reading into the background a lot of them you've got a lot of fathers out there that were coaches in the past they're quite high intelligence guys so I don't know if that's something that Zach Taylor's really 
um, prioritising. But overall, very, very solid draft. I think very happy with the players. Um, just the lack of offensive line that that tweaks me a little bit. What about you, Liam? How are you how are you judging this draft class as a whole? I'm really happy with it. I, I've been getting Joe Burrow. I know we had the first overall pick, but there was a lot of drama around what was going to happen with that, whether he was going to pull an Eli or all that trash. Just really happy it's done with now. And we've got our got our guy. I mean, that that pick alone for me, I, I'd be happy. Picking up T Higgins, a player who I loved going through the season. I know I, I spoke to Sam and Pete about it. We we might have disagreed, but I loved him. Um, I think he fell down my board a bit with his athletic limitations, but I mean, watching watching his tape alone, I mean, he's so productive. Like high points, balls. I, I'm really happy with that pick. Addressing the linebacker position, I mean, I'm pleased with double dipped. I, I know it would have been nice to get to get Josh Jones, but Logan Wilson is a day one starter, and he patches a hole that we 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 genuinely had no one to fill. Mm. Like, We've got tackles. They might not be as good, but they graded out well at the end of last season. I mean, we've we've they've come in with a plan. They've stuck by their guns, and they've attacked areas that they needed to. Um, yeah, it's it's always nice to pick up like like your Josh Joneses, like the guys who are sliding. But mm. I'm happy. I'd grade it with a solid A. Great. I really would. Yeah, the, I think the whole the whole off season. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's not just this draft, is it? And you know. A two and fourteen teams, you're not going to fix all the problems on that team in one draft. But I actually think the Bengals have done everything that they could possibly do to improve this roster in the off season. I think if you add this draft class to the free agents that they've signed, the money that they've spent, I think the defense on paper is is potentially top whatever. You know what I mean? The, the sky's the limit for those guys. Uh, with DJ Reader lining up to Gino, uh, our linebacker room absolutely transformed. Uh, we've got a banger of a safety in Von Bell. We've got two new cornerbacks, which should hopefully make a difference. We'll be certainly better stopping the run next year, I think. I think this defense is really exciting on paper, like really exciting. And I really like the pieces that they've added on offense as well. And who's to say, you know. Next year, they may go offensive line heavy. And don't forget, as well, we're number one in the waivers pickups as well coming into the season. So, oh, really? so you know, let's... let's. I think there's a lot of things to love here. And I, I, I would give the... Um, I'd give the draft an A-, minus. I think. I think they had a really good draft. And I'm, I'm super excited for, for the season ahead. Yeah, I think, I think that, I, like you said... You cannot fault the Bengals this off-season. For the first time that I can remember in being a Bengals fan for 15 years, they've really been thoroughly aggressive in free agency. Some excellent starters, really impactful players. Like To get a guy like DJ Reader, who the Texans wanted to keep, couldn't really afford the money, to pair him with Geno Atkins is a massive, massive upgrade, like you said. Um, potential Pro Bowl player there. Then you've got Von Bell... Uh, Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes. I mean, there's going to be a lot of new starters on that defence. You know, Logan Wilson, Davis Gaither, Marcus Bailey possibly in rotation. So I think they've done a really, really good job. And it is going to be an exciting time um, to be a Bengals fan over the next couple of years. Absolutely. And I, have to, I think we should give uh, Zach some credit, really. He's come in and 
He's sold the club to these big free agents. Uh, he's really kicked them in the slats and got them going again and, and kind of said, this is what we need to do. And I, I think the club need... I think the club knew... The existing people at the club knew that, that what they had to do, really. I think Duke really knew that this was kind of do or die, especially with the fan base and the stadium lease coming up and all that kind of stuff that, that goes into these yeah, yeah. kind of business decisions and, and play and personnel decisions. I just think, man, we, we've got to do something. And I think Zach coming in, who is like Mr. Positive, I think everything just came together. So... Um, yeah, hat, hat tip to the Bengals. Uh, I think they've had an outstanding off-season. I think they're going to be competitive in that division. They need to be because if you look at the players that certainly Baltimore added in the draft and, dare we say it, Cleveland. Pittsburgh, not so much, actually. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in Pittsburgh. Maybe they'll be the bottom feeders this year. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I expect us to be competitive next season. I, you know, why not? I think we've got the players to do it. Liam, what do you think? Yeah, I, I can't wait for the season to start. They've, they've done a cracking job on the whole. You can see that the whole off-season was almost based around stopping that Ravens run game. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, every player they picked um, picked up in free agency, pretty much. I mean, DJ Reader, great against the run. Trey Waynes, basically Drake Patrick, but tackles better. Yeah, Von, Von Bell, great against run. Mackenzie Alexander, small slot guy, but throws his body in there stops the run Josh Bynes from the Ravens great great against the run like every it was all about stopping that high powered offence yeah um, and I, th- I think they've they knew where they needed to improve and they've attacked it really really good job by them yeah and I think as fans that's all we can ask for we've you know we've often accused them of not doing enough you know sitting on their laurels and not attacking but I think they've they've done more than attack they've sort of They've just gone head first, blitzed the whole thing, and uh, it's been quite exciting. Well, there we go. That's the end of this mini natter. Thank you for joining us over the weekend, uh, whether it's been listening to this podcast, uh, interacting with us on social media. Our figures and, and followers are going through the roof, which is amazing to see. Thanks to everyone who's been a part of it. Um, and it doesn't stop because if you're listening to this podcast today, uh, which is Sunday the 26th of April, uh, we have another watch party this evening. We're going to keep those going throughout the summer. Now the draft sort of died down. Um, uh, we're going to be replaying uh, the Broncos at Bengals Monday night football game from 2014. So do tune in uh, on Twitter uh, with that. Follow us or interact with us at Hooday underscore UK uh, and on Facebook at Bengals UK. Thank you to Liam it. Thank you, Liam, for, for coming on. Um, and, Thanks for having me. And you can catch Liam on Twitter at Bengals UK underscore blog. And that's all the public service messages for now. We will be back with a full-length uh, episode tomorrow and we have a very special guest so you, who you won't want to miss. Oh, I'm out of breath. So, with all that nonsense, it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.